Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and uh, I'm so thrilled to be joining everybody here today. I've got a couple of announcements to make, really amazing things. Um, but before I do, I just want to let you know that if you have missed any part of the Dr. Pat Show at any point in time, you can certainly go to our website, thedrpatshow.com or drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. Go to the archive section and have a blast. We're also up in iTunes, and many of you automatically download that. There's a link on our website for you to do that quite easily. We have a great show for you today, and, you know, a powerful show is how I would describe it. Very, very powerful. And in a minute, I'm going to introduce you to Linda Simmons. Um, the, the topic, though, is a topic that many of us think about but very few of us really take on to talk about. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when it comes to thinking about how we move through this life, we don't really think about moving through this life and being faced with challenges in our family for our parents or our grandparents who are experiencing Alzheimer's disease. Today's show is what would you do if you were told? You had Alzheimer's. I can hardly say I can hardly read the topic because it's so powerful. Linda Simmons is uh, joining us here today. She is the author of What Would You Do If You Were Told You Had Alzheimer's, and uh, we're going to be talking about that in depth. But what does it mean in your own personal journey? I wanted to give everyone an update, and it's an update that all of you are emailing us about. Uh, we mentioned about two weeks ago that we were launching an angel uh, pay it forward campaign. And let me just explain what that means. On 11-11, all of you will have an opportunity to receive an email from us if you're part of our email list, um, our, our newsletter list. And what that email will be about is really simple. It's unlike anything you've ever seen before because we're not asking you to buy anything no one is going to be upselling you anything. This is an email that is about giving back to you. Uh, it has been something that has been really strongly part of who I am since I've started to do this. It's about paying, paying it forward back to our listeners. But it's even more than that. We're asking you to participate and help us create pay-it-forward angels across the globe. Let me tell you what that means. Beyond being able to download incredible uh, gifts, there also have been contributors who have given prizes, and we will be giving those away between 11.11 and 1.11. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, think about things like four days and four nights in Mexico, or think about entree to a $6,000 seminar. This is the act of giving. Partners have come together from all over the globe to do this. These are our, let's call them, honorary pay-it-forward angels. But we will be sending out hundreds of thousands of emails. And what we're asking of all of you is so simple. We're asking you to please receive your gifts. And then if you're called to, change the life of another by sending an email to them so they can receive these gifts. And we will continue to add gifts and many things to this between now and 111. On 111, what will happen is this will all move over to our social media network, which we've created, which is our You Pay It Forward network. So I'm proud and honored to announce that. Many of you have emailed us, and I wanted you to know on 1111, expect to get a lot of emails about this, and please open them. You know, it isn't about buying anything. It isn't about somebody selling you something. It is simply giving from us for the sake of giving, and then you get to do the same. Today, today's topic with Linda is, is, a, is a topic that challenges all of us about the act of giving. Whether you're someone that has known another person that has Alzheimer's disease or not, whether you've experienced it in one way, form, or another, whether you have friends, family, or have watched loved ones 
go through the experience, you have a sense of what it is. You might not talk about it very often. You probably don't want to. You might not think about it. But if you have a mom or if you have a dad that all of a sudden can't remember where they put the cooking oil or what day of the week it is or, even more importantly, um, who their grandchildren are, then you're faced with the reality of it. Linda Simmons is a writer by day. She is a college instructor by night. And she grew up in Toronto reading Greek mythology um, and and doing some some amazing things. But here she is today as a writer that has taken a slightly different direction to what she's been writing in the past. Uh, two daughters of her own. Uh, certainly she is faced with the idea of having and or becoming someone that wakes up one day and it finds out what happens, what happens in the world of, of Alzheimer's. So the book that she has written, Island Girl, is what we're going to be talking about today, but more importantly, it's a bigger topic. What would you do if you were told you had Alzheimer's? Island Girl is the book, but it is more than that. It is a journey. It's a journey through, let's just say, the soul. What happens when you're faced with a parent that perhaps you did not have a great relationship with and they they do have Alzheimer's? Where do you live in the world of your life and your soul? But this is an emotional, a riveting story about a 55-year-old mother, Ruby Donaldson, fighting to reunite her family as she struggles with the diagnosis of early-onset Alzheimer. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. Very, very powerful conversation, very powerful book. And believe me, I know it's on the minds of more people than we'd like to think. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Let's start with a conversation about the topic itself. The book is Island Girl. The topic, you know, takes us beyond that. But let's explore for a minute, you know, a book that is called Island Girl, and yet the topic about it is uh, is very, very deeply embedded in one of the scariest diagnoses on the planet. Right. You know, tell our listeners a little bit about um, why this book was important to you and why call it Island Girl. Okay, Um well, my mother-in-law has been uh, suffering with Alzheimer's for 15 years. We've been dealing with it in our family. And over that time, she had a very slow-progressing kind of dementia and Alzheimer's. And um, over that time, we've met a lot of different people, um, patients as well as the families that have come and gone through our lives. And what I've noticed is that the, the generation of my mother-in-law, they tend to go into whatever happens to them, depression, war, whatever, illness. Well, this is what happened. This is my fate. I, I'm just going down this road. And what I notice the difference is that the caregivers who are more of my generation, the generation that questions everything, that goes to the Internet and books to investigate everything, that takes charge of their own health and everything around them, is looking at this long road as long goodbye. And more and more often they're saying, no thanks, not for me. And that was what I wanted to explore with this book and with the character of Ruby Donaldson, because she does not want to go softly into that good night. Okay, she does not want to have the long goodbye, you know, the coated doors and bath chairs that she knows is in her future. And that is what I wanted to explore. The reason it's called Island Girl is because it's set on Toronto Island, which mm-hmm. is not well known. It's ten minutes by ferry off the coast of, off, off outside of Toronto, across the water, and um, it's an interesting little community. There's only 700 people, and they fought hard to stay there. Uh, there used to be 5,000 of them, and they were bulldozed out of existence. Okay, and now finally they took a stand in 1980, and there's only 700 of them left. And if you lose your house on the island, you can't get it back. You can't. It's not just a matter of walking and buy a house. It's, it goes on the Island Trust, and there's a list of people, and there's 500 names, and you go on the bottom. Ruby has owned this home for three generations. It's been in her family for three generations. If she loses it, it will never come back into Donaldson's hands. She can't live with that idea. But unfortunately, Ruby has, she has two daughters, both adults, 
Grace, the younger one, is suffers from mild intellectual delay, and she has about the capacity of about a 10-year-old. She mm-hmm. can't cope with the house. She can't handle the house. So that means, and you can only pass these houses to a spouse or a child. You can't pass it to anyone else. And uh, she's not married. Ruby's not married. So she has to give it to her older daughter, Liz, who has, they have been estranged now for several years because Ruby and Liz never saw eye to eye on anything. And there was a huge issue that happened with Grace. And now Liz is fallen to alcoholism um, and she doesn't speak to her mother. And when she finds out that Ruby has this early onset Alzheimer's and it thoroughly expects her to come home now, grow up, come home, take your place as head of this family and look after Grace and this house on the island. Liz's reaction is, are you kidding? What do I owe you? I don't owe you anything. And that's another thing that I wanted to explore with this book was because I also see that in people who it's like friends and uh, families and uh, other people around who's, who find themselves in this position of being caregiver to a parent who was abusive or neglectful or an in-law who thoroughly disliked them and tried to break up the marriage for years. And now all of a sudden you have to have this person in your home or you have to be responsible, especially the women, you have to be responsible for their care. Is it fair? Is it something you you, you owe them? It's really a very, you know, honestly, it, we're going to explore all of this with you because certainly in writing the book, you explore it. And it really, and when I said that this is really a, a book about the soul's journey, it really is, not just for the person that is affected by Alzheimer's, right? But mm-hmm. is it, but uh, everyone around. I mean, somebody said to me, uh, and, and, and this is kind of interesting and I want to, I want to leave you with this for a moment. Someone said to me, it is a, it's horrific. Um, there are people all over the country, and I'll just you know talk about this now, probably all over the world, that don't have any people that can take care of them. And ultimately, they end up in some institution that doesn't even understand how to handle this. And, and so I think part of it, isn't it, Linda, that we don't really know alternatives, right? I mean, it isn't like we've had a heightened level of awareness right now where we've got government thinking, we've got other people thinking, my gosh, we're going to have to do something here. You know, private families being able to do this is going to be challenging. But that's what we're going to explore with Linda Simmons when we come back. The book is Island Girl. There's so much, as you just heard her talk about, there's such an interweaving of lives and hurt and pain and forgiveness and much more. What does it mean? to have families come together and care for each other. It's all here, and it's all in the book. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and my very special guest, Linda Simmons, joining us here today. We have got so much to talk about. We'll be right back. Tired of hanging on to things in your life that hold you back? Get ready to reclaim your fearless nature with Annette Bingham. Annette has been a catalyst for helping people achieve maximum results. Known for her breakthrough approaches, she will assist you to unleash your true power. Her unique distance healing techniques have been empowering people globally. Get ready for a life-changing event to step into your fearless nature. For more information, visit AnnetteBingham.com or call 432-770-4062. Now is the perfect time to learn Tai Chi and Qi Gong. These ancient Chinese healing arts, also called mind-body practice, are simple to learn, clinically proven to be effective, and can be practiced by anyone, anywhere, at any time. For 10 years, the Institute of Integral Qi Gong and Tai Chi has been a respected leader in mind-body practice training. Visit iiqtc.org. Empower yourself, empower others. Visit iiqtc.org for more information on mind body practice. iiqtc.org. How would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality, contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level, restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. 
Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Hi, I'm Don Brecky. I chose two years ago to get on the Take Shape for Life program. I've lost 30 pounds and kept it off over two years. I have more energy. I get out of bed without backaches. It's been a life changer. Hi, I'm Dale Gardner. With the Take Shape for Life program, me and my wife lost 90 pounds together. And that was two years ago, and we feel great. Get healthy with the Take Shape for Life program. Get clinically tested products from MetaFast and support from a free certified health coach. Visit simpletolose.com to learn more. Results will vary. Consult a physician before beginning weight loss program. Call or go online for complete program and discount details. Today's tip is brought to you by David Emerald, author of The Power of Ted. Call a timeout every now and then. Set your watch to remind yourself every two hours to take a look at your intentions and actions. Have you been focusing on reacting to problems or creating outcomes? Have you been responding from the victim role of the drama triangle or the creator role of the empowerment dynamic? Take time out to review your intentions and choices, making sure that you are, indeed, focused on creating the outcomes you want in your life. That is the way of a creator. Here's to the creator in you. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, Call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by Linda Simmons is joining us here today. Her book is Island Girl. We're talking about it. But really, it's the question of what would you do if you knew you were told you had Alzheimer's disease and and, and what would your life be like? I mean, how would that happen for you? Do you share it with your family? Do you hide it? What do you do with it? Do you investigate it? Do you research it? I want to make sure that you all can find out more about Linda uh, right out of the gate here. So please check out her website, which is lindasimmons.com. And Linda is with a Y, L-Y-N-D-A, Simmons.com. Check it out. You'll be able to talk, uh, see what she's talking about uh, in terms of Island Girl. Uh, it will be in bookstores. We have got hot off the press an advanced copy of it. So I just want to tell everybody, if you're going to go out and you're going to look for it, you're going to want to look for it on December 7th. <laughs> you can so uh, we've got it really hot off the press here. Linda, thank you uh, for joining me uh, today on the show. Um, as I said before, it's a big conversation and a big topic. And I think that, you, you know, we have a great place to start in that you, you, we're, we're looking at questions, ideas, messages on what happens when you find out that you have this disease. And let's talk about this from Island Girl and from your perspective on it. Uh, what are the options here? Okay, well, for, for Ruby, um, and again, Ruby is not any one person. She's a, she's a compilation of many people and uh, many people's experiences from all the, the research and the years and years and years of research that, that I've been doing on this. And for her, it was, a quite, it was very much keep it secret, okay? Hide it. Don't tell anyone. She, told, she didn't tell her family. She didn't tell because her, her daughter Grace is the one who lives with her now. She's the only one there, and she doesn't figure Grace can handle it. She doesn't tell her best friends. No one. So she's alone in this, okay, trying hard to cover everything, arguing with her doctor. She does try everything holistic, everything you can do. Um, you know, she's got all the crossword puzzles. She's got the ginkgo and the St. John's wort and the, the pomegranate juice. She's got it all uh, because she's trying hard to beat it. Okay, she is taking medication. She's doing everything she can. But most importantly, she's keeping it a secret. And the book, of course, is at the point where it's going to become impossible to keep it a secret. Okay, so now is when she needs to reach out. Now, and this is one of the hardest things. Ruby's always been very independent. A woman on her own, stands on her own two feet, doesn't need a husband, nothing. Um, raised her kids on her own. And uh, now she finds herself needing people. And this is one of the hardest things for Ruby to face. And through the course of the book, it's as though Alzheimer's is finally making room in her brain for her to realize what she's done, the people she's locked out of her life, the things she's pushed away. She always thought she'd have a lifetime, years and years, to make things right. And now suddenly, suddenly, she doesn't. It's all closing in. 
you know, let's talk about this for a minute from the point of view of everybody that everybody that's listening to this to this show. There's a reality that one faces when you hear the word Alzheimer's, and a lot of people have heard it. Some people know more about it than others. Is it an opportunity for for the individual, someone like Ruby? Is this an opportunity to look back at one's life and decide to make amends? For Ruby, it was thrust on her. Um, now she, the, the horrible part about Alzheimer's is that in the beginning, you do, you're well aware that you, this is happening. Okay, it's, it isn't to the point yet where, uh, and especially now they have, they can diagnose so early that yes. you're well aware. And uh, for Ruby, no, she just thought it could be business as usual. Okay, so, but it's the circumstances in her life that force her to face the realities. She is not ready to at all. We are like, human beings are like that. We continue doing the things we, even though they may be self-destructive, we keep doing them because it's comfortable. It's the devil we know. It's the rut and we're in it. And we think that it's always you know, been this way, I'll keep going that way. And sometimes, it, and it, it takes a kick, and that's what Alzheimer's has done to her. It, Ruby does, she does not want change. She thinks she's fine the way she is. And it's only the revelations through the course of the book that force her to make a decision. Change who so, she is, admit what she has, has happened, or lose all, lose everything. Let's talk about the family side of things. Uh-huh. You know, let's talk about what happens to, you know, the family, the children, the relatives. Right. Some people have, uh, you know, a, a spouse. Uh, and, you know, certainly there have been some very, very powerful movies, albeit very few of them, I should say. Uh, but the ones that, that at least that I've seen are very, very powerful. Yes. And, and yet at the same time, it is almost as if we're not really having real conversations about what this disease is, mm-hmm. uh, what people need to know, and what all the uh, challenges are for the entire family, and I, and I need to ask you about that because I mean all of this comes up in the book Island Girl. But what do you think is missing here in the conversation? Is is it Linda that it's just way too scary? It, I think it is, and I think that there's this nobility that that is supposed to build up around Alzheimer's, and that's why, again, the character of Liz in this book, she's she's the ugly character. She's the one that says all the stuff that you're not supposed to say. You know, Alzheimer's does not give you immunity. Alzheimer's does not forgive you a lifetime of sin. She's the one that voices that, that nobody ever says, but it's there, okay? And so this is why she's that character, and yet she is as riddled with guilt. She, For all that her mother and her have been estranged, she still loves her, and when she finds this out, she cannot... Stay away. Even though she doesn't want to be seen seeing her mother, okay, she's still trying to hide. She can't, she's drawn there because she cares, which makes her hate herself because she shouldn't. And so there's all of the guilt and all of the, the, the angst, and she needs to forgive herself, she needs to forgive her mom. And Liz is not going to go gently down that road either. She's just like her mother. You know, they're two of a kind. Both stubborn, both independent, both strong-minded women. And they both have to be dragged, almost, by the circumstances in their lives to make changes because they're going to destroy themselves. There is pain and heartbreak and receiving news just about any disease. Mm -hmm. But there is something else that shows up in the conversation of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And maybe it is because there is not enough information about it, really, in terms of what the ripple effect is. And that's what I would like to ask you about. There is a ripple effect here, and you talk about it so well in the book. It is a mind, body, and spiritual ripple effect, though. It isn't just about somebody forgetting a few things. Oh, no. There There is the conversation now about how lives get affected and ethical decisions that people make, yes. aren't there? Yes, of course. Yeah. And and it's I think the hardest part about Alzheimer's life for us, we've been dealing with it as I said, you know, for fifteen years. The hardest part for us is to is to acknowledge that you are are losing this person. They they look the same, they sound the same, but they're not the same. And you're losing them bit by bit by bit. And I watched my own husband with his mother fight it 
Okay, he would take the, the pictures and he would he would create books for her, like picture books for for her from old albums, and he would go through them with her. And do you remember this person, Mom? You remember that person? You've got to remember. And she would be, and he would make her tense because she just didn't, and he was tense because she had to, because otherwise she's not his mother anymore. And the day that he finally stopped doing all of that, when he finally admitted, you know, she doesn't remember, and it's okay. It was it was very much peaceful, but oh, just too sad, just too sad, because he was letting go. He was, she wasn't dead, but he was letting go. Oh no! And that's part of the ripple effect is that this person you love is still in front of you, but they're not really there anymore. They're they're slipping from your hands. They're slipping away, even as you're looking at them. And I think that is what is wrong. Like if you have if, with cancer, with all any other illnesses. There is a physical debilitation that takes place. Now, yes, in the later stages of Alzheimer's, there's definitely physical debilitation. But uh, with other illnesses, it's, it's concrete. It's right there in front of you. You can see it. Alzheimer's, you can't see it. You just feel it. You know? And that's what's so wrenching in trying to care for these people. You feel like you should, they should respond. They should remember. And the frustrations build up, and they get short-tempered. Like my mother-in-law, I remember at one point... We brought her home, you know, here for dinner, and you take her from the living room into the dining room, and you take her back to the living room, and she would be, you've taken me pillar to post, pillar to post, all day, pillar to post, because she can't even remember that it's only 20 feet from where she'd been. So it's these things that are so difficult. The, there's, a, there's a paranoia that sets in, there's an anger, there's a certain amount of violence that sets in. In a person that, you know, you've loved all your life and never was like this, and, and it's that loss of that personality that, that is so very difficult to deal with. And when you're, if you're the total caregiver and this person is under your care all day long, it's a tremendous strain, tremendous emotional and physical strain. It's a, it's a terrible illness, and we really do as a culture. We need to talk about it because the baby boomers, we're coming in there, and uh, it is going to be a tsunami. That is, it is, and you know what, it's already mounting uh, as we speak. But, you know, how do you then, as an individual, how do you deal with the rest of your life? Uh, How do you deal with the decisions you make as to whether you care or don't care for a parent or a loved one or an aunt? But let's say that you're faced with challenges and decisions, and in the moment you really don't have uh, the stamina to care for them in a way that would be honorable. We're going to talk about that and much more when we come back. Do you forgive? Do you forgive everything? What is it about forgiveness that helps you probably more than the person that has Alzheimer's? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pacho and my very special guest, Linda Simmons. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Vasily is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Pat-Show.com for listening times in your area. 
Neshama Living, where your optimal health begins with awareness, grows with knowledge, flourishes with proactive solutions, and is practiced as a way of life. Neshama Living is dedicated to wholeness of body, mind, and spirit. The Neshama Living Hour is coming to the Dr. Pat Show. Get ready to regain your natural balance. Take control of your health and vitality and build your foundation for wellness with Nishama Living on the Dr. Pat Show. Reservage Organics offers you the most advanced anti-aging product available. Our organic-based resveratrol formula brought to you from the heart of our exclusive vineyards in southern France has been clinically proven to reactivate your longevity gene and help preserve your youth. By including Reservage Resveratrol in your daily regimen, you can enhance cardiovascular function, metabolism, mental acuity, and collagen production. If you want to regain your youthful radiance and enhance your longevity, do so with the world's finest Resveratrol from Reservage Organics. Why wait? Visit your local retailer and start the anti-aging process today. Reservage Organics, committed to the extension of youth naturally. Available online at Reservage.com and at the Vitamin Shop, Vitamin World, and Whole Foods Market. Visit Reservage.com and feel vitality today. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. As I said before, if you want to find out more about Island Girl, uh, its upcoming release will be on December 7th. Linda Simmons is the author of this book. This book is going to challenge you, but it's also going to be incredibly insightful for everyone out there. If you want to find out more, go to Linda's website, lindasimmons.com, and it's L-Y-N-D-A-S-I-M-M-O-N-S.com. Linda, thank you for joining us here today. Um, you. you know, there are things that we are not talking about, and I just want to get to them really quickly here. Okay. So let's go down the list. You know, you're somebody that, you know, gets the word, my gosh, you have Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of things we've already talked about. But we we don't in this society really talk about the options from the person that's affected the point of view, meaning we don't really look at what do they want for their quality of life. And you said it earlier. I mean, people are being diagnosed earlier, 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 and earlier. And, yes, there are some drugs out there that do create some, I don't know, counter effects. Mm -hmm. But in the end, uh, as far as we know, this is going to be a disease that takes over your life. Yes. And we do not have a cure for it. And we do not have the medication available to counteract the effects. No. So what in the book, I mean, what are the decisions? And not just in the book, but you've talked to a lot of people. What are people saying about how they want the rest of their lives to be lived uh, with this horrific disease? The biggest thing that I have, have found and that is, it stands up with, with research and results is that a lot of people who have this diagnosis, and Ruby in the book is the same, she does not want to follow it through to the end. She does not want medical intervention. She wants to choose the time of her own death. She wants to die with dignity while she's still Ruby. She doesn't want to become this figure of, oh, poor Ruby. She doesn't want to be poor Ruby. She wants to be Ruby. She wants to be remembered as Ruby. So she wants to have the choice. She wants to have the right to pick the time of her own death. Well, that's illegal, isn't it? I mean, it's not, in, it's not illegal to kill yourself, but it's illegal to help someone. You can't ask anybody to help you. And once you start saying, I would like to kill myself, well, now you're not competent enough to make that decision, are you? No. So now we can lock you down. Right. And now we can give you medications that will calm you down and they will make you placid and you will go, oh, well, I suppose it's all right. Because that's what the medication is doing. The medication is stealing away that side of your personality while Alzheimer's is stealing everything else. And that is what Ruby finds so horrible is the idea that she will, that choice will be taken away from her. And that if she waits too long, and the problem with Alzheimer's is that even though many people decide this, they wait too long to be able to do it for themselves. They need 
to have been able to say from the beginning, when I reach this stage, take me out nicely, quietly, let's have a little party and then say goodnight to me. So many people want that, but in the society, of course, it's not an option. Not an option. It's actually something that we don't even talk about. We can't even discuss this. And that's why I'm so pleased that we're able to talk about this today. We are able to talk about it, but here, you know, let's do a little comparison if we might, okay? Uh You know, let's do a comparison with, you know, somebody that is, um, and actually this just recent, this happened to a friend of mine last year. You know, let's do a comparison to somebody that is, um, goes in for heart surgery and says, you know what, I do not want you to do anything further than this. Right. If I have complications, you know what? I don't want you to be sticking me. I don't want you to be opening me. I don't want you to be doing this or that. And they get out a piece of paper and they sign a form. Right. And the whole family and the power of the attorney, the whole thing, they're just like, all right, there you go. Yeah. All right? Yes. What's the difference between that and somebody that has Alzheimer's saying, you know what? Don't want to be on the medication. Don't want to do this. I actually want my life to just fade away and end. Well, the difference is if you're on a if you have a heart surgery and you're on the table and it's a question of at this moment you're going to die right this second, okay, and you don't want it. There, there's a concrete moment. There's a moment you can say right now they're going to die. Um, whereas with Alzheimer's, that isn't the case. You will go through several you know stages and it will progress and it will progress. But the body, the heart will keep on beating and the kidneys will keep on functioning. So it's picking the moment. That is, and you have to pick a moment, okay, when you say this far and no further. And that's what makes Alzheimer's so much more complicated. You know, and that, if, if anybody you talk to, the first thing they ask is, all right, so when? When? What, what moment? And it's different for every individual. Perhaps for one individual, it's the moment at which I no longer can keep myself in my own house. Or the moment at which they are going to shut me down because I went for a walk and I turned up on somebody's front door and I didn't know where I was or who I was and now the authorities are going to put me in a home for my own safekeeping. If I have been able to make the decision prior to that and say to my doctor, at that moment, that's it. Now this looks like a perfectly healthy individual in front of you. Okay, This is not a matter of just not restarting the heart. This is a matter of stopping the heart. This is a whole different ball of wax. Okay, and that's why it's such an ethical dilemma, and I appreciate it. But shouldn't that individual who went for the walk and stood on the wrong doorstep and now is going to face life behind coded doors, shouldn't that individual have the right to say, no, not for me, thanks? Shouldn't they have that right? Everyone should have the right, and everyone should be able to say, what it is that they want to do with their lives. But in our society, the everyone doesn't really get to make that decision. Do you think that we will be faced with um, making changes to the way that we think about quality of life and life itself because of a disease like Alzheimer's? Now, clearly cancer didn't do that. No, uh, you know, cancer didn't uh, push the the envelope no. uh, on certain things. I mean, uh, you know, for all of us. Yet there, um, is, clear, there yeah. is that do not resuscitate. You can sign those papers. You can, you know, say I don't want this. You know, I don't want these things, which will hasten the end and the, not the endless applications of, of drugs and, and morphine. So there is that opportunity. And palliative care units, they're coming more and more to understand people need palliative care you know, and at, at end of life, and the acceptance that there is an end of life. You know, uh, with Alzheimer's, uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a long discussion, but I think it's time we had the discussion, you know, the time that we said as a, as a society, what is quality of life? What is it? And it's different for every individual. Your quality of life, your idea of quality of life will be totally different from mine, which will be totally different from my neighbor's. Everybody has a different idea of it, but again, it's the individual deciding. It's not their family. It's not their doctor. It's not the government deciding what is quality of life for you. You're deciding for yourself. That is the biggest freedom that I think we can have. Well, and what we're talking about is 
um, is is not only just having the freedom, but understanding what the implications are. Because let's bring this, you know, let's let's bring this 360 degrees forward for a minute, and we'll talk about this when we come back from break. Because now well, let's get back on the other side of this, right? Yeah. You know, here I am, and I make this decision, Linda, that I just do not want to continue my life. Right. I this is a, a d- disease that I can't even imagine living with. I don't have my family that want to take care of me. And so let's talk about when we come back, the soul searching that individuals have to do around this. Okay. You know, yeah. for example, right, the soul searching that the individual who doesn't want to be part of this planet anymore, the soul searching that the children and family members have to do from multiple perspectives. Yeah. I don't want to take care of her, but at the same time, I don't want her to kill herself. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. What do we do? Uh-huh. Yep. Right? I can't take care. I don't want to. But I, no, kill herself. We can't have that happen. Yeah. You know, so these are the dilemmas and the questions. And then you as a, a family member, how do you live the rest of your life? Can you forgive and forget? Linda Simmons has touched upon all of this in the book Island Girl. It is an opportunity for all of us to explore, you know, where we stand, body, mind, and spiritually, around forgiveness, around love, and around life. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Island Girl is booked, coming out December 7th. Linda Simmons is the author. And this is a very, very powerful conversation. We'll be right back. Call the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Sign up for the weekly newsletter to get advance notice of guests, events, and special offers. Visit the drpatshow.com and get ready to live life all out. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. TransformationTalkRadio.com TransformationTalkRadio.com Transforming the world one listener at a time. Hi, I'm Brenda Ball. And I'm Tony Ball, and we've been married for over 25 years. In that time, we found ourselves putting on a pound or two per year, and next thing you knew, we were 30, 40 pounds overweight. That's when we made the choice to get on that Take Shape for Life program. After being married for 25 years and struggling with weight that whole time, I'm actually now two sizes smaller than my wedding dress. With the Take Shape for Life program, you can lose those extra pounds. To learn more, visit simpletolose.com. Results will vary. Consult a physician before beginning weight loss program. Call or go online for complete program and discount details. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness natural food for pets. This is where true wellness Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's amazing. It's great to have you here. 
uh, we're taking on a, a topic that is so very, very important to all of us. Thanks to Linda Simmons and her book, Island Girl, coming out on December 7th. For more information about, about Linda, go to her website, lindasimmons.com, and that's Linda with a Y. If you've missed any part of the show, go to our website, drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. You know, Linda, this is a conversation that is opening up the doors and opening up the heart. I don't think you and I are sitting here saying we've got an answer. This no. is really an opportunity for exploration. But isn't this book all also an opportunity to explore and to step up and really think about where love comes in, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. And that is the that's the lovely thing about fiction uh, versus nonfiction. If it was nonfiction, I would have taken a stand, here's, here's what I want you to think, and I would present you with statistics and expert opinions, etc. And at the end of it, I would wrap it up and say, here's what you need to think, and this is why. But in fiction, that's not what I'm, what I'm doing. That's not the job of fiction. The job of fiction is to create people who, who are just like you and me, real people under extreme pressure, okay, um, and finding out who they are and what what is the nature of love when they're under extreme when they are under this extreme pressure and when hard choices have to be made and fiction doesn't tell you what to think in the in the book of course ruby has one set of beliefs and one goal and the man who loves her has an entirely different set of beliefs entirely different goals her daughters both have different goals everybody has their own uh, goals their own um, ethics their own beliefs and they all collide and all the job is of fiction, is of myself as a writer, is to present you with these ideas and with these people and say, now you decide. I'm not judging. You decide who is right, who is wrong. Right? You decide as the reader. No, I'm, not, I'm not deciding for you. I'm not judging. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just asking you to look at these people and their lives and decide. So let's talk about this. Okay. Now we come, we're faced with the decision of, how we feel, first of all, how we feel about our loved one, our parents um, wanting to end their lives. So we're faced with that decision. But then we're also faced with the decision we've made where, you know, I, this is not a time for me to mend all the sins of a lifetime and, and, and step up and take care of you. I have my own life now. Yep. And so now here we are. We are the children, the aunt, we are the nieces, the nephews, whatever we are, um, are faced with decisions about, what our own life's journey is going to be like. You know, do I, do I step up and take the high road, and do I forgive and forget? Mm-hmm. Do I also allow this individual to even contemplate ending their lives? I mean, these are some of the questions that I don't have any answers for, oh, but aren't these the questions you raise in the book? Yes, these are absolutely the questions that are raised in the book, and there there isn't a cut and dried answer. Again, it's and I'm not proposing that I have an answer. Uh, I'm simply putting it out there, you know, and saying, okay, this is what happened in this case. These are these people. This was their choices that they made, and they had to decide for themselves. Like Liz, the daughter, she had to decide about uh, what love meant to her and loving herself as well as loving her mother and her sister. She had to come to that. You know, and her decision might be totally different from what someone else would do, but it was Liz's choice. It was Liz's decision. Okay, and and with uh, all the people around Ruby, everybody had a different take, has a different take on all of it. And it's it's again, what does love drive you to do? What is nature? What is the nature of love now? What does it mean? Does it mean that you're strident and you and you? This is not right. This is not the way it is. Or do you try and see it from the other person's point of view? Do you struggle to see it? from their point of view, regardless of, okay, what your future will be, regardless of what it will mean to your, your conscience, do you honor that? Or do you fight for what you believe to be right, morally, because you're going to have to live with it too? I don't have the answer, okay? But that's some things we need to, need to discuss, need to talk about, and that's what the book is about. Isn't this also a place, an opportunity for people to really explore what their own life soul journey is about? I mean, for many cultures who believe in karma, this is a no-brainer, so to speak. I mean, this is really not even a conversation. 
yeah. because, you know, they do believe in taking care of their elders. Mm-hmm. They do believe in respect of their elders. They do believe in the karma of that. Right. And th- there's not even a conversation about it. You know, family is family, and it's so important. Um, so the question then becomes, you know. And yet it, it scratched the surface. There, there's a lot of conflict going on there. Okay, and again, you can, we can say it, it's easy. Oh, no, no, you look after them. But no, if no. But the surface, there's a lot going on underneath in all of these cultures, okay, it, it, let, because we're all just humans still. And again, that's something I love to explore is let's just scratch the surface. Let's just, let's just dig under a little bit. <laughs> and that's the duty of fiction is to dig under. Okay. Well, yeah. that is, and that's also the freedom of fiction. Exactly. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but to do it in such a way that presents real-life situations. I mean, yeah. whether you're writing a romance novel, it's still the same approach. Or whether you're talking about Island Girl yeah. and some of the challenges you face with the disease that most people don't even want to talk about. Yes, you know, do you, do you think that, um, or let me just ask, you know, is your vision for this book to get the attention of not just the people that are reading it to educate it, but, you know, the, uh, the attention of, of others, the people that are making the decisions around care and medicine, et cetera? Absolutely. I would, I'm so happy to be able to talk to you today about this and, and to, you know, put the ideas out there and to make people, you know, think about this. Like I, a discussion about the whole idea of the right to choose um, is something that's, well do right now and if this book can have anything to you know help in any way to push that along that discussion forward hey i'm happy i'm really happy you know we didn't talk about this but it is implied we didn't talk about the economic uh effect on an individual that has alzheimer's um and uh, you know we didn't really talk about that from a point of view of care uh, medical care, family care, other care, because clearly the medical system is not in that I know of in this country. I don't know about Canada, but it is not really prepared to have people spend 10 years, some of them, in this situation. Yeah. Isn't this also a dilemma that you, you sort of leave the question out there as well? Yes, absolutely, that we need to face it as a, as a society, as a whole. We need to look at all sides of it and face the realities of what this illness is. Mm. You know, and until there's a, a cure, until there's, you know, an absolute uh, way to turn things around, we need to be able to look bluntly at it and unemotionally. I mean, how can you, I, I know it's very difficult to say, but there needs to be that moment where we let um, rational thinking um, just make the decisions for us, you know, and, and decide, okay, what do we want? Do we want to allow individuals to have this choice? No, or do we continue to say, no, this is, life is sacred. And, and you, you, you safeguard it at all costs for as long as it takes. Like, we need to talk about these things. Because every, there's no right or wrong. There's, there's simply a, a talking of it, about it there's, and, and coming to individual decisions. Well, I want to thank you, Linda, for taking this on. I want to thank you for doing this in such a creatively beautiful way. Um, and I really think that the book is about love at so many levels. It absolutely and, is. It's not a romance, but it's definitely a love story. No, it's it's actually at the you know it's actually a book about the deeper meaning of love. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. From a completely integrated body, mind, spirit point of view. Thank you so much, Linda, for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Everybody, I uh, just want you to mark your calendar. December seventh, the book will be released. It is Island Girl. What would you do if you were told you had Alzheimer's? What is this about? Take the journey with Ruby and the family and explore what each of us gets faced with morally, ethically, and spiritually. And remember, love can be the solution. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Pat Show, radio to thrive by. To contact Dr. Pat, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune in next Thursday for another